we're only looking at things from a natural perspective, that starts to fade. But here's the other cool thing about it. So when you're going into heaven, you see things from heaven. Now you're seeing things through heaven. When you're seeing them through heaven, now you're seeing what they are, what they are made to be. You're not just seeing the effect of sin. You're actually seeing the, the actual purpose of each of these things. <laughs> the purpose, right? What, why were they made? What did, how do they look? We, in, one, in some ways we call this uh, their glorified state, okay? Or, you know, when Jesus manifested on the mountain, he, the, the scripture says he, he shone as bright as the sun. That was not like, wow, you're glowing. That was like, oh my goodness, what is happening up there? <laughs> Covering your eyes, <laughs> you know? Because this, the, the glory that's coming from his physical body Physical body, mind you, not, not, and, and, and I, I want you to know it is the physical body because even when Peter said that we, we didn't make this up, we were there, he actually uses that as his example. We were on the Mount of Transfiguration when Peter wrote his letters. He said, we were on the Mount of Transfiguration. We saw him transfigure before our, before our eyes. It really happened. So people would know this isn't a spiritual body, it's a physical body. So what I'm saying is, is that we don't really understand the connection fully yet. We're getting to understand it, though we definitely are getting to understand it. The connection between the physical body and the spiritual body, but we're beginning to understand it because we're having these experiences like we were talking about the other day um, with uh, people that are engaged in supernatural travel traveling in the spirit, going from one place to another. We have uh, records of the Ladies of Gold. The Ladies of Gold was a, a, a prayer meeting at night. It was just a few ladies. They met every week on a, on a Monday, I think Monday night. They meet from like six to like 11 or 12 at night. Well, when they were meeting and they were praying, a portal opened in the spirit that they could go through and it looked like a door in the middle of their room. They would go two at a time. When they would go through that door, they were transported to other places on the earth where they would go and minister and then come back. And some of them would go into heaven when they walked through that door physically. Not in a spirit. This was not a spiritual. Now, there is spiritual bodies too, and you can go somewhere in the spirit, but this is physical. And so what I'm saying is I really think that the, the place that we are coming to in God in getting to understand the outside and the inside and how in reality there may not, it may not even be an outside and an inside. It may just be our interaction and what realm we're interacting in because the physical body is affected. It's affected. It's ha something's happening to our bodies when we're having these encounters with Jesus to our bodies, bodies like our physical bodies. <laughs> so, so remember, you know, when you're thinking, oh, the spirit is good and the natural is bad. No, 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 no. That's dualism. That's dualism. That's a, that is an old, old heresy. It goes all the way back to the very beginning. The heresy was that if it's invisible, that it's good. And that if it's physical, oh, it's just bad. But, but what's happening to our bodies when we're having encounters with Jesus? You know, there's people now when they preach and they're in the spirit, people could see light like sparks coming out of their mouth while they're speaking in the spirit because it's starting to change our bodies. Our bodies are changing, everyone. And it's not because of medicine. 
<laughs> the medicine is trying to catch up, but something's happening. Something's happening to all of us as we engage with the Lord, as we are praying. You know, we say prayer, that's the old way of praying it, but I, the, the old way of saying it, but the new way of saying it would be like engage with the Lord. In other words, putting our thoughts on him. What's happening to us? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but it's good. All I know is what I saw happen to Jesus. Jesus could walk on water, Jesus transfigured, and then the spirit raised him from the dead. So even a, even a natural death, a natural dead body can come back to life. And we know that all of them, this is a great mystery. The Bible talks about this mystery. It's called the mystery of the resurrection. The resurrection. Even though you're dead, you're going to live. And then Paul said, I'll tell you another mystery. Not everybody dies. Well, which ones don't die? It's a mystery. You're going to find out, though. Some of them didn't die. There's some people that never died. <laughs> well, who are they, Jamin? Tell me. Are they on TV? No, they're not on TV. And they do appear to people from time to time as the Lord leads them. They may appear. And they tell, and they tell people, I'm from this time. I didn't die. I'm here until Jesus returns. I'm not, I'm not, this body doesn't die. This one. Can they be renewed? Yeah, it's a mystery. Paul talks about it. People say, you can't say that. Well, Paul said it. He said, I'll show you a mystery. Well, did he explain how the mystery worked? No, that's why it's a mystery. The Lord will show you. <laughs> but he said, I was shown this. There's ever living ones. Well, we know Jesus is an ever living one. We know that there were people that were raised from the dead in Matthew. They came out of their graves and walked around. It says they came out of their graves and walked around the city of Jerusalem. It says this in the book of Matthew. We can ignore it if we want, but it is there. Okay, it's definitely there. It, it did not say a, a ghost appeared. Because that's what people think. Oh, ghosts, ghosts. Well, we know about ghosts. They're not real. They're, it said that they came out of the grave. That means their physical body left the ground. It was in the ground somewhere in some shape or form. Could have been in dust at that time. But they came out of the ground in a physical body and went around and talked to people. <laughs> Where'd they go after that? It doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't say where they went. Maybe they're still here. Well, they went with Jesus when he raised from the dead. It doesn't say that, though. <laughs> Listen, there are, God doesn't have any, he has his, they are not going to die again. They rose, they rose from the dead. We don't know what they're doing. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, like scientists and all these, we use our brain and we're like, we're so smart. We know everything. We don't know anything. We're, we're completely, we're totally stupid. <laughs> We can't, we can't do, we, but we're trying, but for goodness sake, yeah, we don't know anything. I mean, here's the thing, God, it's not like you're saying, oh, we should all be ignorant. No one should study. Well, of course, go and study, but for goodness sake, don't, don't consider yourself an expert on anything um, because nobody is. Nobody is an expert on anything. There is only one person who is an expert on all things, and that is Yeshua himself. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. All things are created by him. All things were created for him, and all things are created through him. So if you want to know the mystery, you have to go to the place where the mysteries are revealed, and they are always revealed in Christ. The Bible is very clear. All the mysteries of God are covered over by Christ. All of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's a mystery. So our bodies are not so blah as we think. That's just the way that we've been taught to treat them and to think about them. But Jesus didn't. They always thought Jesus was weird the way he talked about people. They did. Because he would go in and, sound, and they'd be like, she's dead. And Jesus is like, no, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Like, why do you keep saying that, Jesus? She's dead. You're, you know, there's people grieving right now, and you're really making it hard on them by saying that. You know, you know how they do. You know, they do this stuff to all of us. You know, you can't say that. And he'd be like, no, no, she's just asleep. And he's like, everybody get out of here. Okay. okay. And then there she is. Up, oh, see, she woke up. <laughs> and the Bible says that when people go before us, they didn't die. They're asleep. Their bodies are in the ground asleep. They don't, they don't die. Part of the gospel message is that you're supposed to tell people that nobody dies. That's part of the gospel. Not, we have a deal with death. Yeah, and it says, number one, yeah, God doesn't hold your sin against you. He loves you. He accepts you fully into his family. And then the last one was nobody dies. So what does this mean to me? I don't know yet. But I do know, I do know that we have a physical body and we have spiritual bodies, more than one. There are other ways, okay? These are all mysteries that we're all learning about, okay? So this is the gospel. This is not like raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus gospel. This is the actual gospel that's in the Bible, there's no raising of hands in the Bible, by the way, other than lifting them in worship in the Psalms. But if you want to raise your hand to accept Jesus, you can do that. If you want to jump around and spin like a top to accept Jesus, you can also do that. If you want to just sit and nod your head, you can also do that. <laughs> it's your heart, exactly. So again, when we, when we strip away all this kind of silly nonsense that's going on in so many places, and we look at the heart of the matter, it's our bodies are very powerful. They are gateway technology, okay? Because here you are in the physical world, and yet you have access to the spiritual world from the physical world. And that, that spiritual realm, that higher dimension, and it's a higher frequency because it vibrates at a different frequency than the physical world, that higher frequency dimension you can interact with, but you interact with that dimension through the source, who is Jesus he is the one. There is no other way to interact in that realm. It's through the love of the Father, recognizing who he is in us. There, there is an awakening all over the world to this, all over the world. And it doesn't just happen in church. It's happening all over. Sometimes the churches shut it down so it, it, you don't see it, but it is there too. It's happening all over the place. You know, people are waking up to what? The scripture talks about awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Oh, I have trouble sinning. Well, wake up then. Wake up. Wake up to what? Wake up to righteousness. You're righteous. Just wake up to that fact. Just give up on the idea that you're not righteous because it's not true. You were made in the image of God. Accept the blueprint. Accept the blueprint of your design. Who is the blueprint of your design? Yeshua. He's your blueprint. Oh, that's my blueprint. If you ever read, like, well, read the manual. They always say the Bible is the manual for life. The Bible is not the manual for life. The Bible is the word of God, but it's not the manual for life. There is no manual for life. You have relationship with Yeshua. Your manual for life is 
love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, like Jesus said. That's your manual, right? There we have it. So you want a manual? There's your manual. It's a scripture. Okay, so, but what is God giving us? He's giving us life, and he's giving it to us abundantly. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. Who is this Jesus coming to condemn the world? It's not Jesus. He's coming back to condemn the world. No, he's not coming back to condemn the world. That's fake Jesus. <laughs> yes, that was what we call phony Jesus. A phony Christ. Like the phony Christ in AD 70. <laughs> They're phony. Um, he's not coming back like that. He's coming back as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the scripture says, we're so in on what's happening that we get to meet him when he comes. And we're like, hey, welcome. And how are we going to do it? The Bible says we're going to meet him in the air. Have you been practicing? He's coming. Have you been practicing getting up into the air so we can greet him up there in the air when he comes to the earth? <laughs> Rapture practice. <laughs> we're greeting him. Why? We knew he was coming. We know what's happening here. Jesus returns. Where is he coming? He's coming to his beautiful, spotless bride his body that he has prepared on the earth, the sons of God revealed on the earth. And what's happening? The whole earth is changing. What's it turning into? It's turning. It's coming back to its original design. Were you there at the beginning? Well, you were in Christ. How do you know what it looks like? You have to go in Christ so you can see what it looks like. Because now you can look, and guess what creation does when we start to engage with the heart of the Father? which is to bring everything back into its state, which Jesus did. But we're seeing it inside of time now, so now we get to watch it play out. You know, Do you want to just watch the end of the movie or do you want to watch the whole thing? Let's just go through the whole movie. It's more interesting then. And then you know what happens when you go through time? When you go and you experience a thing, guess what you have? You learn, but you also appreciate. Because now you know what, what it took to do all this. So he's going to show us his mysteries. He's going to show us the cosmos, the things that he created. Why is he going to do it? Because he shares. He loves us. He wants us to be a part of this great, um, uh, this great kingdom that, that he, we've been brought into. We brought into the kingdom. You're building the kingdom. You're not building the kingdom. You've been brought into the kingdom. The kingdom has been. It's the kingdom of heaven. We need to work hard for God. You don't need to work hard for God. Live out of the abundance of what you've already been brought into. Instead of working to work your way up into something, begin to enjoy the life that God has already given you and live out of the abundance of that place. Your soul, yes, it is always working on something. And good for it, because it needs to do that. Okay, that keeps it busy. But don't be so focused on the soul that you're not engaging in the spirit. And this is one of the things that I like to, to talk about today. As I want to go back into our book that we read the other day, one of my faves. You guys know which one I'm going to say? Come on, you know. A short method of prayer. I love it. See? <laughs> it's my favorite. Okay, so let's go to... All right. Um, and the last one I read was, um, was called A Higher Degree of Prayer, Active Contemplation. But today... I'm going to do chapter 11. We're doing advanced. I'm just going for it. Why not? I have nine minutes. Let's just see how far we get. Of rest in the presence of God, its fruits, inward silence. God commands it outward silence. The soul 
Okay, so here we go. So we're praying, right? Everybody, we're praying. It's kind of following up where we are. We're going into active contemplation, right? We'll become aware of the presence of God around us. We're in this, this state, right? So the soul being brought to this place needs no other preparation than that of repose. For the presence of God during the day, which is the great result of prayer, or rather prayer itself, begins to be intuitive and almost continual. So as we are take, you know, as we take and, you know, whatever, people are like, well, I need some time with the Lord. Well, okay. Well, as we begin to become aware of the presence of God, okay, and we become aware of him during the day, which is the great result of prayer, rather prayer itself, it becomes intuitive and continual. The soul is conscious. Now, when she's saying soul, she's, it's almost like a, like the soul and spirit kind of situation. The soul is conscious of a deep inward happiness and feels that God is in it more truly than it is in itself. So we're, again, this is chapter 11, mind you, so we're not in chapter 1. So if if this is making no sense to whoever's listening to this, just read uh, the first 10 chapters or go through some of our earlier messages on, uh, on short method of prayer. So the soul is conscious of a deep inward happiness. Now, we like to call this the joy of the Lord. <laughs> it's the joy of the Lord. And feels that God is in it more truly than it is in itself. So what does that mean, Jamie? What does this mean? It means that as we are continuing in this place of prayer, we become more aware of God than we actually are aware of the soul. You're more aware of him than you are aware of your actual soul itself. So, and again, this is why you can separate, okay? Uh, divide between or distinguish between with the word of God because you are so much in him and so aware of him that the soul is almost operating apart from you. And you're like, ah, oh. okay, you know, you can observe. Now you can shepherd. It's a shift, in it's a shift yeah, it's a shift to a higher place in God. In him, in your, it's not a shift to a higher place in God. It's a shift to a higher place in your conscious mind of where you are, what you are conscious of. Exactly. You become more aware of him than you become aware. In other words, you become more aware of God in you and all around you than you become aware of you yourself. Because now, again, this is a process and this is chapter 11. Okay. So we're working our way through. It is short, but the process is short. <laughs> It has only one thing to do in order to find God, which is to retire within itself. I love that line too. How come that one's not underlined? Okay. To retire in itself. Okay. I'm trying to underline, guys. Sorry. This is Kendall. All right. As soon as the eyes are closed, <laughs> you know, you know people like that. And that can be like that too sometimes. As soon as the eyes are closed, it finds itself in prayer. <laughs> I totally did this. <laughs> Let's pray. Oof, I was gone. <laughs> I'm like, wait, we're supposed to eat dinner. Uh, I will. I, okay. <laughs> they all wait. They were like, dad's quiet prayer in it for, uh, <laughs> for dinner. We're trying to eat. Uh, that was, that definitely happens. The, yes. I think we all do it. Oh boy. Well, we were, yeah. Well, we decided we were going to read the Bible like straight through, like read an entire book. And I looked at my dad and he looked at me and I'm like, oh boy. Because I don't, I don't like, I can't get through that much. I'll end up getting like 
too filled with the spirit and then I can't keep going. <laughs> he, he's worse than me. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's because we enjoy our meals too much. <laughs> it was, it was really good. Okay, so as soon as the eyes are closed, it finds itself in prayer. That's wonderful. It is astonished at this infinite happiness. There is carried on within it a conversation which outward things cannot interrupt. Come on, man, this is awesome. Guys, I love this book. All right. It might be said of this method of prayer, as was said of wisdom, all good things together come to me with her. So this is with the wisdom of Solomon. This is one of the apocryphal books, by the way. And I do read this. I Listen, if you're like, oh, it's apocrypha, I, I don't, I'm not going to bet, but I'm going to just say, look, get yourself an apocrypha, read the wisdom of Solomon, you tell me what you think of that book. I'm telling you, it's a good book. For virtue, and, and again, this is from Solomon. They said this was from Solomon. For, for virtue flows naturally into the soul, and it is practiced so easily that it seems to be quite natural to it. Again, we're, this, when we're doing quiet prayer and we're going through this kind of process, this is a natural state. This is, you're not like, you know, like sometimes you're made to like, repeat after me, do this, do that. And why are you doing all that? Because it's not really natural. You have to kind of teach yourself to it. But this is almost like remembering. It, I mean, it really is remembering is all it is. Because you were doing it another way and now you're remembering how to actually pray. Yes. Well, meditative reading. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in it. Yeah. The Bible, the Bible is considered meditative literature. That is the type of writing it is. They actually have, I'm just talking intellectually now, that when they do all the books and they're like, the Bible's meditative literature. They know what it is. It's Jewish meditation literature. It's literature. It's writing. You're not supposed to just drill through. You take each one and then you expand it. But, okay, that's meditative reading. This is actually meditative prayer. <laughs> this is where we've moved to to the praying part of it, which is <clears throat> active contemplation. And then we move into inward silence, which is even because there's an ongoing conversation that you close your eyes and you're in. You're already there, you know, because you've already been. Because remember what I was saying, because this goes back to the body. So you have your body, right, which is you're aware of, of your body right now because you need to. You need to be aware of your body. But when you go to sleep, you don't need to be aware of your body because you're asleep. So what's happening is, is that you're opening. And when you open up your sight and you're opening up yourself to the Lord, you're seeing. So people who don't even know the Lord, like we say in our, in our dreams conference, in our dreams uh, in Wisdom's Treasure, is people don't even know the Lord. He doesn't care. He's like, you're getting a message. <laughs> and you're getting a message. And you're getting a message. You're getting a blessing. You know, I was listening to... Um, Justin Abraham uh, recently, and he and he and I remember he got on there and he said the Lord was showing him 
all the people that were opening up to his wisdom that was coming to the earth and how he was changing everything. And he, he looked at him and he said he was upset because a lot of those people weren't Christians. And the Lord's like, I give it to everyone who's open and who will listen. You know, so people who are open. So there's people all over the world and they don't even know the Lord. They may not even have good ethics at all. We may not agree with any, but they're actually can hear and they're listening to the Lord. Now, do we have a, a job to, to share the gospel with me? Yes, absolutely. And there's some great people like Truth Seeker and different ones out there. And he's doing it. He's sharing the gospel. These people are hearing from the Lord. They don't know it's the Lord. He's like, hey, just like Paul. Right on Mars Hill. When Paul was on Mars Hill, you can read about it in Acts. He said, hey, this God here, the unknown one, I'm here to tell you about him. <laughs> right? I mean, he didn't sit there and judge him for all their gods that they did. He was just there to show them where who it was that they were, the one that you don't know about. I'm here to tell you about him. His name is Yeshua. Right? He is, he is where all things come from. Everything exists in him, okay? So, anyway, I don't know if I can go much longer, but it is astonished at this infinite happiness there is carried on within it a conversation which outward things cannot interrupt, okay? So another thing I want you to think about is that when we're in active prayer like this, okay, it doesn't matter what's happening outside. It just doesn't matter because now, or again, we're on chapter 11. So this is a process you're going through, okay? And eventually you're in this spot where you're, in, you're, you're almost in continual communion with the Lord. It's, it's, a, it's continual. You're, there, there's not a time where you're not like with him. <laughs> so when you close your eyes, the body becomes insignificant in the, and what was already there just expands. So you're already, and now I'm in prayer, right? That easy. Okay, so as you keep doing this, you'll notice everything that she writes about in here, you don't have to do it. She's just explaining what happens to you, <laughs> which is great. It's, it's so good because when you read it and you're like, yes, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. So, so in a way, she's almost just explaining what happens when you get to these different levels of prayer. It might be said of this, all good things together come to me with her. So Virtue flows naturally into the soul and is practiced so easily that it seems <clears throat> to be quite natural to it. It has within it a germ of life and fruitfulness, which gives it a facility for all good and an insensibility to all evil. So you don't even, anything that's evil, you just don't even go towards it. Like it doesn't, like it has no attraction at all. Like, cause you're so focused on the Lord inside that anything that's outside, that's not him. You, it doesn't even have any, substance it has no pull or substance whatsoever and if you ever were to go towards it you're like "Ooh, that's not right you know <laughs> you know you start to back up because you become so aware of the lord everything you need go back to this wisdom solomon it might be said of this method of prayer as was said of wisdom all good things together come to me with her all good things together all good things together Come to me with her. With who? With wisdom. Okay? Virtue flows naturally and is practiced easily. So again, this is the answer to the question. What about this? What about that? How can I just pray? What about this? What about that? How can I just pray? Wisdom says, all good things together come to me with her. See what she's saying there? She's saying that 
when we're in this place of prayer with the Lord, when we're in this active contemplation where we're aware of the presence, again, around us, within us, that everything that is outside, that we think that we need, flows to us. (laughs) You're in a river of the virtue of God. Okay? So everything is flowing in that river to you. You don't have to go get it. It comes to you. You're in a flow of the Spirit. So everything is coming. You don't have to go get it. I have to confess three times and then spin around and jump up and down and say two praise songs. No. You sit in this place in the Spirit. The soul just becomes aware of the... (laughs) This is... is, It's like... The soul becomes aware of the taste. Just the first spot of it. And then you go right in. You don't have to have the whole thing. You just have the beginning. And you use that as the door in, in the spirit. And then when you use that little, like you have a um, a trigger. Like sometimes um, you're like, I sense the Lord there. Boom, that's your trigger, in right? So then you go right in. It could be anything. It could be, um, you could even become aware of the Lord when you're eating food, <laughs> which is, which is interesting. You know, when you're, when you're looking at, uh, what he's made, you become aware of the presence of God in everything because you're no longer looking at it from the natural. You're looking at it in the heart of the father. So you can see it within him from things that you would think are simple. They're not, they're not, they're amazing. <laughs> they're not to be thrown away. They're, they're beautiful in him. Okay, so virtue flows naturally into the soul and is practiced easily, and it seems quite natural to it. So th- again, this is the process flowing to you. So when people say, how can you just pray? You need to do something practical. This is about as practical as it gets because as you're in him, as you become aware of him, as you're doing this type of praying in the presence, it's fruit, it's inward silence, all of this There's a virtue that flows to you. And who's the one that tells you? Wisdom. Wisdom does. So part of this type of prayer is this interaction we have with wisdom. And as we know, it's the spirit of wisdom, one of the seven spirits of the Lord. And wisdom shows us how this stuff works. And this is one of the cool ones. So this is chapter 11. Again, like I said, if you have not ever heard any of these before, um, this may be a little out of what you're used to, but I'm sure you can get something out of it. <laughs> um, and if not, and if it's interesting to you, pick up this book, A Short Method of Prayer by Jean Guyon, and take a look at this kind of praying because uh, it's good stuff. And um, we do it all the time. So. so that's it. So we'll go ahead and stop there. And... Uh, You can look up these and others on our website.